Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. It's a brand new year, and what better time to get going with that online store you've been thinking of? Those I was there when Arsenal actually scored a goal t-shirts would fly off the shelves right now. And to get yourself up and running, you need Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way through to the did we hit a million order stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms, and sell more with less effort with thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Sign up for a $1 a month trial period at shopify.com slash arsblog, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash arsblog now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash arsblog. Hello there, welcome to a brand new Arsblog Arscast right here on Arsblog.com. How are you? Hope you're well. It's the interlog. That's right. Nevertheless, there it You struggled to quit before. What the fuck? Different way to help you find fuck off. Right. <sighs> Auto-playing ads on websites. Auto-playing video ads on websites. Can we all agree? As Arsenal fans. Putting everything aside, all our differences, all the things that we can squabble and fight about, whatever side of whatever fence it is you think you're on or not on, can we all just come together, together as one at last, and agree that auto-playing video ads while you're looking at a website are really, really fucking annoying. Shit like that, you see, is why people use ad-blocking software, and who can blame them? Because it's really fucking annoying. And obviously that has consequences for the rest of us. You know, sites like Arsblog that try not to have any of that kind of advertising, anything that's terribly obtrusive or gets in the way or is really annoying, um, people block our ads as well, which is, you know, we need them. We need the ads. They don't seem to realize that they're, they're kind of digging their own grave. It's turkeys voting for Christmas here with this kind of shit. Just stop it, fuckers. Anyway, it's, um, it's an Arscast. I want you to listen to something. Listen to this. Do you hear that? Oh, it's absolute silence. It's amazing. It's just the most amazing thing. Because for the last number of uh, weeks and months, uh, I've been struggling with this kind of weird noise on all my recordings, like this high-pitched, in-the-background sort of noise, which I've been trying to process out. But I don't know if you're like me. You know, you get very exacting about how things sound. And I could hear it when I was talking or when I was talking to James in the Arscast Extra or talking to guests. I could just hear this, like, 
in the background. It was really, really annoying me. And I want to say thank you to uh, at LT Audio on Twitter, who's been helping me try and get to the bottom of it, basically. We were trying all kinds of solutions. We were trying to, you know, put tape over USB cables. We were changing around power cables. We were looking at different mic cables. We were doing all that kind of stuff. Uh, and eventually uh, it came to the conclusion that it was the actual mixer that was the problem. So I've got a brand new mixer. That's right. And it's, listen, Oh, it's amazing. It's so beautiful and wonderful and silent. And also, it, it does this as well. If I do this, watch. That sounded like jizz watch. Oh. Anyway, it's got echoey stuff. And it's got like, it's got this as well. So I can, I can kind of make myself sound all robotic and, and shit like that. Little toys to play around with. Anyway, I won't do that. I won't do too much of that, I promise. Well, actually, I don't promise because it is a really fun toy. And, you know, I, you know, it's tempting just to sort of put it like a hello. Sorry. I will behave myself. Uh, I don't quite know what show we're going to have. What show? What kind of a show we're going to have? Because uh, we don't normally do an Arse cast uh, during the interlull because there's not much to talk about. However, this week... We've signed two brand new players, and there was obviously a bit of action going on around transfer deadline day, which was on Wednesday. So we've brought in Shkodran Mustafi. I had to have a look at the uh, the video on Arsenal.com to, to figure out how to say his name, and the guy kind of just flew through it a little bit. You can have a listen here when they do it. Here he is. Well, Shkodran after all the rumours, all the stories in the press, we can finally say that you're an Arsenal player. There we go. So he kind of flew through the, the Skodran bid. Anyway, Skodran Mustafi has joined from Valencia uh, for a fee of around uh, £35 million. Could be £30 million or £5 million in add-ons, but it's in and around the £35 million mark, um, which makes him the most expensive defender in the club's history by a long, long way. A really long way. Uh, and uh, somebody told me on Twitter, apologies, I can't remember who it was, but he is the third most expensive defensive signing of all time, which is uh, pretty amazing for Arsenal to be that club that did that. So he's come in, and also Lucas Perez has come in from Deportivo La Coruña, a 27-year-old striker who will be 28 next month, but until he's 28, he remains, of course, 27 um, he's a he's an interesting player. We're going to discuss him a little bit later in the show, I'm sure, with uh, whoever it is that I'm going to be talking to that I don't know who it is yet. So you know, the, the preparation that's going into this show is, is really something. And, uh, of course, there were some departures as well. I mean, I think the one that stands out for, for everybody is, uh, is one of the best midfielders that any of us have uh, ever seen come through the Arsenal ranks. A player who excited, a player whose potential was obvious, a player whose ability with the ball, the ability to make his mark on games in spectacular ways, a player whose future looked so, so bright, and now uh, things have taken, well, a little bit of a turn, it's got to be said. Um, Personally, personally, I think Glenn Kamara is going to do pretty well at Colchester. I know it's a little bit underwhelming. It's not what we'd all expected, but uh, it is the reality of the situation, and we'll just have to see how his season goes at Colchester. Yeah, okay, okay. Fine, Jack Wilshire. Jack Wilshire has gone to Bournemouth. 
on loan. Imagine saying that a week ago. Imagine saying a week ago that Jack Wilshire could be playing for Bournemouth. Bournemouth wouldn't have believed it and Arsenal wouldn't have believed it. Uh, fans, I, I mean, I don't think anyone could ever have seen this coming. To be honest, it seems to have happened very, very quickly. And I do wonder what it really means. Uh, there is, of course, the school of thought that if he gets out there and plays regularly and takes responsibility at a club like Bournemouth, then, you know, it could be the making of him. It could just rebuild uh, his career and, and bring him back to Arsenal in the kind of uh, position where he can he can kick on. There is the worry, of course, that he's stepping down. He is taking a backward step. I don't think there's any... There's any doubt about that. He's going from a club, now whether Arsenal can do it or not, but with an expectation of fighting for the title and maybe doing quite well in Europe. And I think Bournemouth's um, ambition this season will be to stay in the Premier League. Maybe that change of scenery is what he needs, but it's very difficult to escape the fact that this is a step backwards and a very surprising one. I'm, you know, he's played in two of the games. I know he's come on as a sub, but, you know, it's still so early in the season. So we will discuss uh, Jack Wilshire a little bit later on. Um, I think it's uh, Linus, I hope I'm pronouncing that right, uh, on Twitter just sent me a little snippet of the BBC Five Live transfer deadline day podcast and on it there was a very interesting snippet from uh, David Ornstein who of course we know as the the Ornicle the man uh, through whom Arsenal tend to relay quite a bit of information and uh, he was talking about a late approach from AC Milan this is what he said there was a big story last night that Milan had come in with um with an option to buy, so a loan deal with an option to buy at the end. Arsenal didn't have any communication at that point with Milan, but I don't think that was a deal, surprisingly, that Arsenal would have been entirely adverse to. Now, that is really quite interesting. I think what you have to do when you hear snippets of information like that is look at where they're coming from and not so much what is being explicitly said, but, you know, if, if you're hinting at something, you know, you can't necessarily say it outright. But if Arsenal wouldn't have been averse to actually having a loan deal with a purchase option at the end of it for Jack Wilshire, what does that tell us? Is this a loan deal primarily designed to get Jack Wilshire back up to speed to play for Arsenal again? Or is it... Is it the beginning of the end? Anyway, we're going to talk a little bit about Jack Wilshere uh, in a while. Also, Serge Gnabry, he's gone. He went to Werder Bremen, a really weird 24 hours in terms of the deal that was going on there. First, it was said that uh, Bayern Munich were going to buy him and uh, loan him straight away to Werder Bremen. Then it was believed that Bayern Munich were going to pay for the transfer, but the player was going to go to Werder Bremen, but Bayern would have a clause to take him back. And in the end, Bremen have said that they bought him outright. There were no deals with other clubs or anything like that, but Serge Gnabry is gagan. So we'll talk about that a little bit as well. Just to remind you today that the show is brought to you in association with Cornerstone. Cornerstone shave you closer than any other razor and they deliver all your shaving stuff to your door. You go to cornerstone.co.uk forward slash arseblog, sign up, you get a razor with your uh, initials engraved in it, you get these uh, fantastic blades, there's lots of shaving products there, men, they're great for your face, ladies, they're fantastic for wherever you might want to shave as well. This is an equal opportunities podcast, Uh, people can shave where they want, when they want, with whatever they want but what they should be shaving with is a cornerstone razor. Every sign-up helps us here on the podcast, helps keep the lights on, so it's very much appreciated. And you get £10 off your first order. So go to cornerstone.co.uk forward slash arseblog or just use the code arseblog10 when you're signing up. 
Right, okay, look, let's get on with it and talk uh, about Jack Wilshire. Let's talk about the signings that we've made. Let's talk about uh, transfer deadline day rumour that was going around but didn't come to pass. All that and more with my guest, James, from wearethenorthbank.com. Hello. Hi, Andrew, how are you? I'm all right, thanks. I'm all right. So, look, we're going to get into the arrivals and the departures, um, I guess, on an individual basis, but... I think I want to start with um, with Jack Wilshire because I think, you know, uh, we all knew that Mustafi was going to sign and we knew we were going to sign a forward even if we didn't know it was going to be Lucas Perez. But the idea, even this day, a week ago or four or five days ago, of Jack Wilshire being a Bournemouth player, even if it is on loan, people would have laughed you out of the room. Um, what What's your take on the move itself? Uh, and, and, and what do you think you know, led up to it. It was definitely um, pushed by Jack himself, obviously not making the England squad and um, not really featuring much early season, definitely way down the pecking order now. Um, and, and he instigated a move. He wants, mm. he wants to play every week. He wants to, you know, get out there having missed so much football through injury. Um, so it was definitely uh, Jack's, Jack's idea and Jack's, Jack's, um, needs to go out there and, and, and just, just play really. Um, but at the same time, um, I think it, I think it is quite telling that, that Arsenal didn't, um, really put up much friction to stop that Mm. idea and and actually let him out on loan. I think first and foremost, just because of the strength of our squad now and, I think even even the most ardent of Jack Wilshere fans, and, and and I am a fan. I, I I love watching him play football. You know, I think he's um, even when he's not in top form. I, I just like the way he looks after the ball and 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 the way he plays and uh, um, with kind of creative flair and, and wanting to make things happen. Um, but I think even the biggest Jack Wilshere fans can't really argue with the fact that you know he he is second choice to. A number of midfield players now, not just um, Zil, but but you know you know the the new guys that have come in, Jacka, uh, El Nene in January, who has acquitted himself so well. Um, Jacka looked fantastic against Watford, um, and then of course you have got Ramsey way ahead of him. Santi Cazorla is you know he's ahead of of Jack himself. So yeah. unless Wilshire is going to be playing wide in from a wide position, which you know, whilst he he can offer something there, it, he he won't want to play there, and and he's, you know, he's not Arsenal's best option there. Um, I, I really think both parties were, you know, you know, were, were happy for for the whole move to take place. Yeah, I mean, I think you're right. There, there's something quite telling about the fact that Arsenal acquiesced to this desire of his to go and I think on one on the one hand we can all understand why after an injury hit season last season an injury hit career basically uh, that he wants to go somewhere and play regular football because I think even if he were to stay at Arsenal the first thing he had to do was stay fit and then work his way back into the team um so I think we can understand it on on that level but the the fact that Arsenal and Arsene Wenger were willing to let him go. I mean, I, I think there's something in there. You know, a manager, uh, his job is to win football matches. It's not to make players happy um, just because they want to be happy or they feel like they want to be happy. His job is to win football matches. 
And a manager as experienced as Arsene Wenger knows that you need a deep squad. He knows that you need good players. And Jack Wilshere is a very good player. Um, at the same time, though, you don't tend to let players go who you feel can make a telling contribution, who can win you games, who can score goals, who can, who can gain points for the team. And I know we've got this midfield depth, but I mean, do you think Arsene Wenger is looking at it going, well, yeah, we can, we can live without Jack Wilshere? Absolutely. I, I think that's spot on. I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be at all surprised if um, perhaps Jack Wilshere doesn't ever play for Arsenal again. Do you think so? Yeah, yeah. because I mean, that's, that's one of the things that people are looking at. I, uh, I do. Yeah. I, I, I seriously do. I mean, I, I hope that isn't the case and I hope he can come good. But um, as, as I said previously, Arsenal have so many more options at, at their disposal now at this moment in time and um, Jack has been so unfortunate with injury that he hasn't been able to make himself the, the talisman of this team which which he was you know everyone predicted he would be when he came onto the scene mm. um, and so because of that um, I, I think um, I think Arsenal are kind of happy to well, they obviously are happy to to let Jet Wilshere go. Do you think? Um, do you think? Sorry, just to cut across you. Do you think Arsene Wenger might might look at the fact that he's asked to leave in a? I won't say judge him on that, but do you think he might think in his own mind? Okay, well, look, Jack could have stayed. Like Arsenal weren't forcing him out the door. Jack could have stayed and really had a go at fighting for his place. He could have trained hard. He could have taken his chances when he was when he was given opportunities on the pitch. I mean, he's played in in the last two games. I know he's only come on as a substitute, but it's not as if he's been frozen out or anything like that. So, do you think that might be a factor and or something that that Arsene Wenger now thinks about going? Okay, well, you know, is he is he a guy who's really up for the fight at, at Arsenal Football Club? I my feeling was that. Uh, he should have stayed till at least January. And if he was still finding it difficult to get regular first-team football in January, then you can make a decision and say, okay, look, for the good of uh, the player and maybe even for the good of the squad, we can let him go. But in, in August, it seemed to me a bit like just giving up a bit too easily. Yeah, I think, first of all, uh, as we all know, Jack, Jack Wilshere is a fighter, whether that's on the pitch or in nightclubs or in, you know, <laughs> he, he's, a, he's a scrappy, you know, uh, strong-willed character. And I don't for one minute think that this is a, a reflects or, or should reflect badly on him as, um, you know, as a player wanting to stay and fight for his position because what you've got to remember is, and I think fans forget this, quite a lot and rightly so really is it it's not the player that just the player making these decisions about their career I mean they they pay huge amounts of money to advisors and and you know representatives and agents and who who are looking after them and giving them advice so there's no doubt in my mind that they've looked at the start of the season um seen that Will Shearer is well down the pecking order and and advised Jack to say look you need to be playing, if you, especially if you want to play for England again. You need to be playing. You're not going to be starting games for Arsenal unless they have, a, you know, a, a huge deluge of injuries. Um, you know, which isn't uncommon, of course, at, at Arsenal. But, but at the same time, as, as I said before, that we have so many more options now. It's not like, um, you know, one player would get injured and Wilshere straight back in the team. That that's not the case at the moment for a, a number of positions. Um, not least his his favoured um, central role. So mm. um, 
I, I think he's, you, you know, he's taken stock. He's been given lots of advice to say, look, look, Jack, we're going to make most of this career here. We've, you know, th- this is going to be the best for you. And, and I seriously think that's that's what's gone on. And and again, don't don't forget from Arsenal's point of view that that I think there's two things here from Arsene Wenger's point of view. He's never stood in the way of players who want to to leave who aren't getting enough time. We've seen it a number of times. I mean, um, regretfully, of, from fans' point of view, especially from my point of view, I always remember when Edu left um, at the time. I, mean, I loved him, loved watching him as a player, but I also thought he offered so much to the squad, but he wanted to play every single week. And, and yeah. Arsene Wenger was very honest with him and said, no, I can't do that. So he didn't stand in his way from him wanting to to you know seek first team football regular first team football um and there've been a, a number of occasions down the years where Arsenal have done that especially with young players and um letting young players go and I think this is perhaps another instance of that um secondly Jack Wilshere's injuries have taken so much toll on him that perhaps that's in Arsenal's thinking especially given Thomas Rosicki, uh, especially Abu Dhabi, um, the, the amount of flack that Arsenal have got for for standing by very well paid players that that haven't been able to um, kind of free themselves from injury for for whatever reason, um, and so I think also from um, almost like a club point of view, they are perhaps looking at that area also and thinking. Maybe he can't sustain a full season. We don't know. Mm. Um, so I think there's a number of factors in there, um, uh, and it's all a bit unfortunate from from an Arsenal fan's point of view to kind of see Jack uh, leave. Um, and I'm kind of expressing doom and gloom and suggesting that he might never play for Arsenal again. Um, but but at the same time, really, I, th- I think it is just best for the player at this moment in time. And yeah. it would be really good to see him do the business for Bournemouth and, and you know, really give Arsenal that headache and, and perhaps change Arsene Wenger's mind to, to think, do you know what, maybe we should get him back and maybe he should be, you know, you know right up there or even starting games. But, yeah. Um, at the moment, I would be surprised if that was the case. Yeah. I mean, when you look at it from a, a pure footballing point of view, I mean, I think the decision to go to to Bournemouth is a far better one than going to Crystal Palace, for example. I Absolutely. think in terms of yeah. in terms of the coach, in terms of the style of football, sure. uh, you know, the, you can see it from, from the point of view of Wilshire. There are a lot of benefits uh, for him on a very personal level. I don't really see that it benefits... Arsenal, not this season anyway, maybe if he plays brilliantly and comes back next season and is, you know, a different player, then, you know, you can say Arsenal have played the long game quite well and they've they've uh, taken some short-term pain for some long-term game, but it's, it's difficult to know. But I mean, it is, whatever way you look at it, a significant step down in terms of uh, his football career. You know, he is with a team or has been with a team that's always played Champions League football, uh, always supposedly challenging for the title, you know whether we get there or not is another thing uh, of course you know has won trophies a couple of FA Cups um, and he's playing at a very high profile big European club and now he's moving to a club where they finished 16th I think last season a little bit above the relegation zone but you know ultimately their ambition this season is going to be is going to be to stay up and I'm sure they'll hope Wilshire can help uh, maybe uh, help them finish further up the table but in, in terms of just the general uh, profile of the team he's going to it is a significant step backwards 
Undoubtedly, yeah. But um, I think I think the problem there is if he if he had gone, for example, had gone to Roma, um, he's not going to walk into the starting lineup, um, and and it will be um, perhaps not as extreme as his situation at Arsenal in terms of being, you know, uh, behind a number of players. But mm. he he needs games. He needs to play a run of games. He needs to probably for himself in terms of you know all of the even the psychological things that come with being injured for a prolonged period of time um you, you know that's that's that could be a big factor um for him in terms of you know you know wanting to get that confidence back because he hasn't looked particularly confident when he's played um recently i mean especially the european championships um he didn't give a, a good account of himself at all and and even kind of in pre-season and um, when he came on against Watford, he you know mm. he, he looked really ordinary for for Jack Wilshere. He didn't look sharp at all. But um, you know, obviously, the the thought process will be that getting the team start every game, um, form permitting, injury permitting, obviously, and and get that run of games behind him. I, I don't think he would have got that um, at Roma mm. uh, or at a, a um, more established Premier League club. Um, and, and also, I think um, Bournemouth's quite practical in a sense that he doesn't really have to uproot his family, or um, you, you know, he can he can his commuting distance and um, a move abroad might have been, um, you know, there would have been a hell of a lot to to organise in a really short space of time. Mm. Not to say that it couldn't have been done, but I just think um, I just think that Bournemouth move really made sense to him, and he obviously had talks of Eddie Howe. Um, the, the, I think it was the day before deadline day. Um, was obviously in, incredibly impressed with what he had to say. He knows, you know, he's, he's best mates with Benikafobi, who's there. Um, so, so it kind of, it kind of adds up um, to me, and, and and obviously to to Jack Wilshere also. All right. Well, look, we'll uh, we'll watch with interest. I guess it gives us something to watch aside from Arsenal in the Premier League this season to see how he goes and see how he develops. And look, if he can stay fit and if he can play well, uh, you know, it's certainly not the uh, the beginning of the end, but uh, it, it feels it feels a bit sink or swim. Like if it doesn't go well, it, it, it makes his Arsenal future all the more um, uh, shady, I guess you would say. But look, we'll, we'll see how he goes and we'll keep fingers crossed that he can stay fit first and foremost. I think that's the thing that he needs to do. If he stays fit, then he'll, he'll play well because he's, he's such a good player. Um, but look, okay, Jack Wilshire aside, uh, the day before deadline day, two signings were confirmed. We knew they were coming in. Lucas Perez and Shkodran Mustafi are coming in from Valencia. I thought it was interesting, uh, Mustafi talking about how the deal was, he said it wasn't easy because uh, people were going, well, why Why haven't Arsenal got him in when they first uh, made a bid for him, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but, uh, you know, transfers, as we know, are not always uh, as simple as, as we like to think they are. But uh, in terms of the profile, of, of the player coming in at centre half, a very very interesting signing. Yeah, he fits the the profile um, really well, uh, and he's at a really good age as well. Um, uh, at the same time, being being vastly experienced, really, um, it was a bit of a tricky deal by all accounts. Um, Valencia messed Arsenal about, um, kind of. In intimating that they would accept a, a certain fee, which Arsenal went in with, but then um, kind of pulling the, the rug from underneath um, 
Dick Law's, well, it would have been Dick Law, I, I imagine. He's, he's from, to, from under um, Dick Law's dick, and, we should say. Um, yeah, yeah. Oh, there's a thought. Um, uh, to, to then sort of demand the, the buy-up clause of 50 million euros. And at that stage, Arsenal were probably a bit pissed off that they'd been messed around. And at the same time, obviously didn't value Mustafi at 50 million euros. And so started to, to look elsewhere whilst leaving it with um, Valencia, who mm. eventually kind of um, called their bluff and, and they they um, dealt at 40 million euros. Um, I, I think it's uh, probably a little bit over the odds, but then in this, in this market, a ridiculous market, I think it could prove to be really good business from from you know obviously what I've what I've seen um, mainly playing for Germany he's always kind of played for Germany when there's been an injury or 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 a, a suspension or squad rotation in tournaments and just fitted in perfectly and with with no real issue um and and looks like you know he's he's been there for years um, yeah. it, it looks to be a really good reader of the game he um, can obviously play. Has um, you know, very comfortable with with the ball at feet. Um, he's he's sharp, uh, pretty pretty quick. Um, I've heard a, a few pundits suggesting that he might not be the best in the air, but from what I've seen, that that hasn't been the case. So I think that's probably just an easy thing to mm. suggest that Arsene Wenger's buying a centre half that isn't very good in the air. I think that's uh, probably an easy stick with which which to beat him, but. From what I've seen, he's looked pretty sound in all departments. Yeah, and um, really looking forward to to watching him play. Actually, um, it was interesting that um, I think um, what came out yesterday when Arsenal refused to really um, do business with Roma with Jack Wilshere, um, that, that they did actually um, talk to Roma about Manolas. They watched him in the Champions League qualifier against Porto. Um, and they, whilst Valencia were kind of sitting on Arsenal's bid for Mustafi, they were they were looking to um, to do business for Manolas just in case um, Mustafi didn't go through. Mm. Um, so that's quite an interesting one. Perhaps that might be a transfer for the future, um, yeah. which again I'd be really happy about because I've seen Manolas a few times and he looks he looks really good. Mm. Um, but going back to Mustafi, I think he, he's probably one that that should um, hopefully seamlessly fit into the squad or into the team um, and be a really good partner for Koscielny. Uh, he, he, he looks uh, the real deal. Yeah, he does. And Lucas Perez, I mean, all, all the comparisons are being made with, with Jamie Vardy in, in terms of the the way that he's developed late in his career, the kind of player that he is, the hustle and bustle and the bit of bite that he has um, in his attacking play. Uh, he's 27, uh, we're nearly 28. Um, uh, he does he abuse gr- Japanese people in casinos? <laughs> Not as far as I know. <laughs> Not as far as I know. If if he has done, he's done it away from the uh, the uh, the gaze of uh, camera phones and that kind of thing. So maybe he's got a bit more common sense. Um, well, I hope- yeah. Well, no. Well, I guess we hope that he doesn't abuse anybody anywhere, whether it's in casinos or otherwise. But <laughs> uh, I, you know, I think there's something quite telling about the fact that 
uh, Wenger has brought in this kind of a player when he's talked about the hunger of Leicester players and he, he's spoken about players who haven't had it all at the age of 18, uh, you know, where everything is done for them, where you're earning tens and tens of thousands at a Champions League club as a teenager. And, you know, we've had a few of those come through and I think it's fair to say that it has affected the development, perhaps not even footballistically and even mentally of a few of them where they haven't necessarily grown up into the men that you would like them to become. And, and bringing in a player like Lucas Perez bit of a gamble and Wenger has said himself it's a bit of a gamble but I think he's gambling on this guy uh, at, at his age heading towards his late 20s getting this fantastic chance at a club like Arsenal and really going out to take it yeah I haven't seen that much of him to be honest I haven't um, I've never seen him um, you know live on on TV I don't I don't watch that much La Liga to be honest um, of late um, but from obviously the YouTube clips that have done the rounds um, he he looks kind of almost like the the perfect Wenger forward. Um, mm. You know, versatile uh, has played centre forward the last season, but can play um, from either flank. Um, makes quite clever runs. Um, pretty good finisher. Can shoot from distance. Um, what I what I like about him, what I've, um, I've read read a little bit about him is he seems quite um, quite a spiky, passionate character and, yeah. and I think we've lacked that um, up front uh, since Van Persie um, who was also a bit of a prima donna at the same time whereas this guy <laughs> doesn't doesn't look any of that at all so that looks to me um, really promising and he, he's actually quite an exciting signing I think he's not the, the marquee centre forward that everyone craved but you know, if he if he gets off to a good start, uh, I think you know, especially with a lot of um, a lot of clubs in the Premier League, not probably not that aware of of, of him and the kind of runs he makes and, and the type of player that he is, um, and with the you know the, the almost embarrassment of riches um, in terms of creativity we have now with you know with Mesut obviously and then um, Xhaka and Santi Cazorla and. You know, we've got so many options. I mean, poor old Iwobi, he probably won't get a look in now for the next few games, despite being a revelation last season. Yeah. Um, you know, Alexis looks like he's coming into form. We've got a lot of um, a lot of players who, during the Watford game, showed that real promise. And, you know, Theo Walcott looked a, a different player to what we saw last season. Um, so I think he'll he'll get plenty of plenty of ammunition and plenty of um, goal-scoring opportunities. So if he can get off and running, I think um, I think he could be a really interesting signing because he offers something completely different to Giroud, which, um, which Arsenal have been looking for for a, for a number of seasons. Yeah. Uh, and as I say, he may not be the, the superstar signing, but um, you know I'm really excited to see how it plays out and, and how he kind of, um, you know, throws himself into into the English game. Yeah. I mean, as you said, he's, he's been a, a late starter. He's, he's quite well-travelled. Um, and this is a, you know, a, a dream opportunity for him. Um, although I'm, I'm aware that there are a number of other quite big clubs in for him. Um, it's still, you know, a, a platform for him that he could only have dreamt of sort of, you know, this time last season. Yeah. Um, and so I think with that hunger and that that desire that that he shows as well as his technical ability, I think he 
you know, he could be a, a really good signing. But as you say, it is a bit of a gamble and a bit of a punt. Um, but that's where that's what the market dictated. There just aren't there aren't quality world class centre forwards out there that you you could have gone and bought in yeah. a window. I mean, yeah. we've, we've seen that. That's very there true. Isn't, uh, Zlatan was is probably the only one that that people will flag up, but. Um, you know, for for three hundred odd grand a week, uh, Arsenal just wouldn't have done that because, yeah. you know, especially when they're trying to negotiate for Mesut Ozil and Alexis Sanchez to sign new deals. So, um, you know, it it was perhaps not the signing that we wanted to make from a fan's point of view but I think he could be a really exciting one. All right, well, we'll see. Obviously, there's that thing when a new guy arrives, you you immediately. Uh, look at all his best qualities and think they're going to be amazing. Um, and, uh, you know, time will tell, obviously, uh, how he does it on the pitch. But, yeah, I, I like the idea of him and what he can bring to this team. And, uh, you know, if he can transmit some of what he did last season at Deportivo into this Arsenal side, then I think we'll be obviously obviously much better for it. Very quickly and finally, um, there were some whispers going around uh, on deadline day about Daniel Sturridge and a, a potential Arsenal move. Uh, you have a little bit of insight into what that was all about. Yeah, he's um, he's representative. His agent was were definitely hawking him to Arsenal. With that that you know, without a doubt, I actually heard about it um, a couple of weeks ago um, from a journalist friend of mine. But he didn't want to run the story because he wasn't sure um, about the um, kind of validity from Arsenal's point of view if you know if they were really that interested um, I, I'm still not 100% aware that Arsenal were indeed interested and in, in approached Liverpool because from you know from from what I believe it was it was you know kind of the other way around which obviously doesn't work but it was his his agent saying um, to Arsenal yeah our, our client you know our player wants to he wants to play for you, and but mm. obviously Liverpool were never going to entertain that. Um, even though I'm not aware that Arsenal actually made any any approach, but I find I do find that one interesting, and I think it, you know, seeing how he goes this season for Liverpool, which he's obviously not first choice at the moment under Jurgen Klopp. Um, he's gone pub- public about not wanting to play, um, or, you know what or. Um, not, not that he doesn't want to play wide, but that he he would rise as a centre forward and he wants to play through the middle. And um, so, and this isn't the first time that, that Sturridge has um, gone public about um, uh, these sort of things. So, yeah. I think it could be one to watch. It could perhaps be be one that Arsenal might look at um, maybe maybe next summer. Obviously, depending on what what pans out this season. Um, and, and again. Whether whether Sturridge can can play a full season, I mean, yeah, yeah. Uh, would, would Arsenal go anywhere near a, a, such an injury prone player given their track record over the last ten years? Uh, you know, there's no doubt in Daniel Sturridge's quality, um, and he he is the sort of player that would suit Arsenal's style of play perfectly. I think from a from a centre forward's point of view, um, but his his injury record is is so poor that. 
um, that would definitely be a huge factor if if they were to to make any moves for him. Yeah, well, we'll see. Maybe it'll be Jack Wilshire pinging these lovely long balls over the top for Daniel Storage to run onto to score <laughs> for for Bournemouth next season. So, all right, James, you better leave it there. Thank you as always. No worries. Take care. Cheers. Thank you to James. You can find him on Twitter at NorthBankLore. That's at NorthBankLore. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. It's a brand new year, and what better time to get going with that online store you've been thinking of. Those I was there when Arsenal actually scored a goal t-shirts would fly off the shelves right now. And to get yourself up and running, you need Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way through to the did we hit a million order stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms, and sell more with less effort with thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Sign up for a $1 a month trial period at shopify.com slash arsblog, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash arsblog now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash arsblog. So look, what else is there to talk about? Not a lot, given that we've done transfers, we've done deadline day. We didn't really talk about Serge Gnabry. Did we know? That's a bit of a strange one because Arsene Wenger really likes Serge Gnabry. And when he sent Joel Campbell out on loan, I figured it was making room for, for Serge in the squad. But unfortunately, he doesn't seem, to, uh, doesn't seem to have wanted that position and has, on the advice of his agents, moved on on a permanent basis. He's gone to Werder Bremen. Bit of a shame, because he is a, a talent. There's no question about that. At the same time, though, he's a guy who hasn't started a, a game of club football in over two and a half years. So there's something going on a bit weird, I reckon. I, I think that he probably just refused to sign a new deal. And Arsene Wenger said, OK, well, look, we're going to sell you because uh, ultimately a player in the last 12 months of his contract, you know, we can get some money for you now. And a player in the last 12 months of his contract, Arsene Wenger doesn't like playing them. 
Remember Sylvain Wiltord? He was mysteriously injured for a long time during his final season. I don't think he was that injured at all. Just Arsene Wenger took the hump when Wiltord wouldn't sign a new contract and didn't play him. Um, I, I don't know that that's necessarily the case with Gnabry, but uh, I think the the decision was forced on Arsenal because I think uh, they would have kept him if he was willing to sign a new deal. Uh, so there you go. But that's football. That is what happens. Players get injured. Players lose their way. You stand by the player. You pay the player. And then they tell you, hey, I'm going to go play somewhere else. It's just the way it is the reality of football world. It works both ways, of course. Clubs are very quick to get rid of players when they deem them not useful at all. So, uh, you know, let's not get too bent out of shape by the whole Serge Gnabry thing. We've had some uh, shirt number stuff going on. Skodran Mustafi is going to be wearing the number 20 shirt bequeathed to him by Matthew Flamini. Thank you, Matthew. That now immediately makes Mustafi... Uh, Mesut Ozil's best friend. They're BFFs forever now because he's got the number 20 shirt. Lucas Perez, of course, is wearing the number nine. And people are going, oh, no, the number nine. Not the number nine. It's cursed. No, please, not nine. But it's not cursed. A number isn't cursed. There's no such thing as curses, really. If there was, there would be a lot of dead people from my brain that I would have said things about in my head not necessarily out loud because that is incriminating either people can hear you or you say it into you know a broadcast mechanism of some kind so i recommend only thinking these things anyway you know the idea of a a cursed shirt it's nonsense how come the number nine hasn't been successful for arsenal down the years well could it be that some of the players who played in the shirt really weren't that good Could that be the common denominator? Rather than some malevolent spirit infecting the number nine Arsenal shirt, I think it could be, you know. Park Chu Young? Come off it. Francis Jeffers? Never worked out. Julio Baptista? Too busy trying to do overhead kicks at every available opportunity. Eduardo? Eduardo, everyone goes, Eduardo, he was was the number nine. He could have been the number nine. He was cursed. No, he wasn't. Some big fucking lumbering cunt broke his leg with a horrible challenge. It had nothing to do with the number he was wearing. That's not the curse of the number nine. Doesn't work like that, because there is no curse. But also, don't blame a curse when it's just some big fucking clogging bastard who broke his leg. Lucas Podolski was number nine. I mean, he wasn't the greatest, but he wasn't bad. He scored us some goals. So it's not the shirt. Lucas Perez is now going to take over the number nine shirt, grow a tail. No, he's not. Of course he's not. He's going to do okay. I hope he's going to do okay. I hope he's going to do better than okay. That would be fantastic. If he could bang them in as a number nine, that's what everyone wants. But basically, I don't give a fuck what uh, shirt number anybody is wearing when they score the goals. Once they score the goals, makes no difference to me whatsoever. Apart, of course, apart from William Gallas at number 10. See, I'm playing with my thing again. Sorry. William Gallas at number 10. Yes. No, no, we can't. No. No, I'm going to drive myself mad thinking about that. Even when he was scoring with his cock, that wasn't enough to make up for the fact that he was wearing the number 10. But Lucas Perez, number 9. It'll be, it'll be okay, folks, I promise. I promise it'll be okay. So, look, I'm, I'm going to leave it there because uh, I don't know what else to talk about. 
It's uh, it's getting late in the evening. I could do with a beer, sit down, watch a bit of TV or something. I don't know. Did I mention that I saw a man on a bus today who had two nipples on his arm? I didn't mention that. I was getting a bus home, and the man in front of me was sitting with his arm across the back of the seat, with his arm around his girlfriend. And between, like, his elbow and his shoulder on the back of his the back of his arm, he had nipples. It was like one big nipple, but with two teats. It was really, really strange. It was quite hairy as well. It was one of those things that it was like, ah, oh, please move your arm. Move your arm. Would you, uh, please move your arm. And then it became weirdly and oddly fascinating. And I tried not to look at it, but I couldn't help it. It was like, right, I'm going to look out the window. I'm going to look out the window. And then your eyes go back to it. And you're like, that's disgusting but I can't stop looking at it. That was the highlight of my day today, ladies and gentlemen. So I hope your day was better. James and I will be here as usual on Monday. We'll have an Arscast Extra for you discussing all the whatever happens between now and Monday, I guess. So please join us for that. Uh, We'll be back with another Arscast, of course, next weekend as we prepare to face Southampton. We'll keep fingers crossed that all our players come back from the international break safe and sound, fit and well. Uh, So uh, in the meantime, have yourselves a great weekend. Until then, cheers. Bye-bye. That was Transfer Deadline Day on Sky Sports News HQ. Well done, everybody. Another great Transfer Deadline Day here on Sky Sports News. Give yourselves a round of applause. Okay, Natalie, fantastic work as always. You're a gem, darling. You're an absolute gem. And Jim, oh Jim, what can I say? You are the absolute master. Fuck off, you cunt. Uh, sorry, Jim, uh, is something wrong? What, what's happened? I'm fucking fed up, but I all you cunts coming here telling me that I can't be fucking the man. This is not about transfers. You know it, I know it, and they know it. Next year, this is going to be international. Jim, wait day. No fucking transfer deadline day. International Jim fucking wait day. Do you hear me? I do hear you, Jim, and you know how much I respect you, but it is actually about transfers. It's about how much money is spent by football clubs buying human beings off each other. I think you might, Jim... You might need a rest. Do you need some sleep? 
No, I fucking don't need sleep. I'm hungry. Jim White is hungry. I need to feed. No! Leave it with me, Jim. I'm on it. I'm on it. People, come on, get ready. Can we get an orphan over here for Jim to consume, please? I thought we discussed this. We need an orphan the minute the cameras are off. It's all good, Jim. Relax. We've got a meal coming for you. Jim White can't wait. I'm going to eat that cunt over there. Um, you don't want to do that, Jim. That's Tony Cascarino. You really don't want to... You don't want to do that, no. I'm, I'm pretty sure he tastes absolutely terrible. Then you cunt are going to taste the wrath of Jim White! <laughs> <laughs> Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.